New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Here we go. There we go. What's going on? It's JL is for the Nick of Time show. Here, give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk a little bit about the offseason, the, the preseason that's coming along, what some of these Knicks have done, and what we can expect in the future. And we are all going to talk about it. All right. Before we even get into the details of what we can project for this season, based on last season, I'll have to introduce my guys. First and foremost, you already know what this is. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G in the building, in new settings, ready to get the show on the road. Exactly, exactly. And of course, you already know the rookie of the KOT squad was pitting up triple doubles. My man, Lee, from Dead Spinning, Posting and Toasting. What's going on, Lee? What's up, y'all? Good, good to be back, man. I'm ready to talk some Knicks. Let's All get right. on. Shout out to Lee putting up those ice cube numbers with the triple doubles on the KOT stuff. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. First, before we even get to the overview and the stats and all this other stuff, I'm going to ease into that and just talk about RJ Barrett. Did you guys see RJ Barrett's interview yesterday on MSG? Well, not MSG Networks. The NSC YouTube streets, really. They, 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 they're on the streets with us, pretty much. Did you guys see the interview with, with Monica McNuck and RJ Barrett? You go ahead, Lee. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I always think it's funny when the Knicks media reporters and the press get all salty by not being invited to these events. When in reality, the whole purpose of, the, of these is for the these new players or re-signed players to be reintroduced to the fan base and allow the fan base to kind of have like, you know, softball pitches get to know the players, um, get reacquainted with their connections in New York, their expectations for the season. It's not really a time to be grilled over the fire of like metrics and points and, and things of that nature. Right. But just, you know, an opportunity for them to have fun and to be reacquainted with their personalities. And, you know, it's always good to see RJ talking about how much he loves to be with the team. It's nice to be reminding the players do love to be here. And once they're drafted here now, you've retained them. You know, breaking that Charlie Ward course, curse was great i'm really happy we did it with rj barrett yeah we gotta ease them into the new york media we can't just throw them into the world let them get have the good feels you know talk about their expectations and like lee said sometimes the softball questions right we don't need to go into the fire with that um but to me there wasn't really much to take from that interview really and i really don't expect to see much information from those interviews did you guys hear anything? The most I gotten from that is he really thinks highly of Jalen Brunson. And I think low-key Julius Randle thinks the same thing because Julius Randle, uh, it's funny. I listened to like the more, the, the, the Rory Moyle podcast, like earlier in the month. And, and Julius Randle was talking about how good he felt and he, the new additions to the team. And it was like, they added two new players. So he must really feel good about Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hartenstein to just, to, to just be feeling that well about those two players. That's the only thing I can really take from this whole entire interview. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, the way I see it, I'm like, look, 
RJ just signed a big deal. Training, tech, training camp hasn't even started yet. So there's really no questions to grill RJ on at the moment. You know, so I think the Knicks played it right. You know, just have a simple interview. You know, introduce him to, like Lisa, introduce him back to, you know, the, the fans because he just signed a new four-year deal, $120 million, well, with incentives. So at the end of the day, like, the Knicks media have all year to question Knicks players about stats and their performance or whatever the case may be. And even if, and even if the media was to question RJ Barrett about, you know, those, you know, about his statistics and performances going into the season and want to dive deep into, you know, the guys, you know, his mindset, whatever the case may be, you know, all the media is going to get a generic answers anyway. Yeah. Because RJ is not going to really give anything away so it doesn't really make sense for the media to be there at that moment you know but you know the media is always, always going to make a big deal out of it and you know i'm just you know expecting to go in, to go into the season with um the Knicks players you know with their mind right and focused and like i said media have all year to question the Knicks players yeah time, so rj barry is not the right person to ask about us missing out on donovan mitchell that's a question for Leon Rose. And I do agree with the media when they critique Leon Rose for not being out there front and center. You know, it's a face of the franchise a- answering tough questions. That's more than fair. But to ask RJ Barrett has a feel to like want to be traded for Donovan Mitchell. And that's not his, that's not the question for him to answer. That's Leon's question to answer. Trust. Oh, and those questions are coming. Let me tell you, training camp comes and those interviews are going rolling through. Those and those questions are gonna be coming. So I'm glad they got this out the way because the smoke is on the way. Berman is ready. I'm telling you. And RJ already got that relax in the tuck. Relax, Berman. He already got it. I know he's practicing in the mirror. So be, stay tuned for that when training camp comes. All the haymaker questions from 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 that to Jalen Brunson and having family ties and and having inside information on the next all that's coming but but look, i like how we're, we're talking about um rj barrett and being traded because i actually have a question to you to pose to you guys about that um and you know we can all get into our questions too like what do you think the biggest questions that we have to answer or the player has to answer rather about this season. And for me, when we talking about RJ Barrett, right? RJ Barrett just got the bag right now. He is uh, the highest played player on the team. Not that much like a smidge, but he, you know, with great money comes great responsibility. So for me, I'm looking at a few things. For one, I'm looking to see this RJ Barrett have pressure to perform this season right two i'm also looking at the fans reaction because we already know what comes with the the bag what comes with the bag is the criticism from the fans everybody loved allen houston to allen houston got the bag once allen houston got the bag oh that bum allen houston you know what i'm saying (laughs) he's injured i can't believe it like that comes with new york so i'm really waiting to see like how he handles that pressure the fans are still going to stay with RJ and like, can he make that next step? What do you guys want to see from RJ Barrett? 
You go ahead, Ryan. Well, I'll let you start it off. Okay, well, I think first and foremost, I do want to see if he's able to take that next step because, like you said, four years, he got the bag. So now he has to prove that he's worth the bag. So he's definitely going to have to step his game up a notch. He's definitely going to he's definitely going to have to become a more consistent three point shooter. He's definitely going to have to add that to his game. Um, he's definitely improved his right hand. You know, a lot of people, you know, I guess people you you think, um, well, people who claim that they watch Knicks games, but they really don't claim that. You know, RJ never goes right; he always goes left. But clearly, if you watch Knicks games, you see that he goes right as well. So he's definitely improved his hand on, on his right hand, which is definitely a positive. And he's he, overall, I just want to see if he can take that next step. You know, right now he's like at the edge of like, he's a 20 point, he's a 20 point per game score, you know, averages like around five rebounds, six rebounds a game, three assists. So now it's time to see, can he step up to that all-star level? You know, can he take that one extra step? You know, maybe, you know, add like maybe four more points to his game, maybe add like another assist you know, another rebound, you know, can he take that next step, which will overall help the team. So that's what I'm expecting for. That's what I'm expecting from RJ Barrett this upcoming season. Well said. Yeah. I think you, we need to look at how he handles a transition from it becoming Randall's team to his team. And that's not just because he's making the most money, but I think in terms of timeline, the timeline of his core in terms of their age, he is the face of the franchise. I think the ball is going to be in his hands a lot more than usual, especially at the end of games. So RJ really transitioning into the face of the franchise. The guys are taking that last second shot while guarding the best player on their team. That's what I'm looking for the most. And that comes in leadership. It comes in communication. It comes in like, you know, calling out deep defensive plays and offensive schemes on the court when he sees the other team switching and transitioning um, when they're playing. I think that's going to be the real bit thing I'm looking for, as well as obviously a point production jump is going to need to happen. I think what Ryan said, three to four points sounds about right. But I would, even if he stays at 20 or 21 and he really becomes that dog on the court, he becomes a lot more vocal, both yeah. on and off, inspiring his teammates. And you see guys getting better around him. You know he's putting in the work and motivating them off the court to really play more cohesive as a unit. And I think that we don't talk about that as well in terms of other guys we're talking about. But I'm really going to be looking at how the other starters play alongside him in terms of plus minus and his efficiency when he's out there with that starting unit. Yeah, I agree with you because, you know, I feel like everybody's seen it when RJ had the ball more in his hands towards the end of the season. Uh, it seemed like he started getting to the groove. Um, he had like a month where he's finishing at the rim at the higher clip. But what really started to elevate his game is him getting to the line and him upping his free throw attempts. He had, he ended up averaging 5.8 free throws a game for the end of the season. But I feel like for like a month, he was averaging about eight free throws a game. And he's, he was like amongst the lead leaders. So for me, when I'm looking at what RJ is going to do with this game this season, I'm looking to see, will there be a continuation of that from RJ Barrett, where he's like, I'm going to the hole with reckless abandon. That is my game. Screw these threes. I'm going to the hole. And also the finishing, he's been bottom of the league in finishing for so long. Um, Will he reap the benefits of going to the hole and going to the free throw line by actually finishing 
um, at the rim. And we could take a, a look at uh, his clean the glass stats. And for you guys, you can see bright orange means very good. Uh, above league average. Mute kind of mute orange means average. Blue, blue, blue means bad. Blue means below yeah. average. Blue means he needs to work on that. And we're looking at these these shooting numbers across the board for RJ Barrett is mostly blue. Effective field goal percentage, right? 46.7% effective field goal percentage, 12th percentile in the league. At the rim, 15th percentile in the league. Short mid, 21st percentile in the league. Um, all mid, 17th percentile in the league. He hasn't really shot well in general, but he just gets to the line. And it seems like towards the end of the season, he's finding that knack of finishing well, uh, finishing games well and making plays as well. You know what I mean? Only thing that he seemed like he was doing okay in average was the non-corner three, which was the 56 percentile was kind of league average. So he has a lot of work to do when it comes uh, to, to scoring the ball in general. But, um, you know, there's certain things that I did see that he did do good well in, do well in. And one of the things I did see him do well in is on a defensive end of the ball. It's funny because I was digging into numbers. And uh, if you look into R.J. Barron's defense on the year, and we criticize his defense here as well once his touches have, have gone up. But he's in the 87th percentile in isolation defense, meaning 101 mono mondo nine times out of 10. Um, if you try to isolate RJ Barrett, you're going to have a hard, hard time. And he's done well with that. Um, he's done pretty well with pick and roll defense as well with the pick and roll board handler average 57th percentile. Um, but what you really want to see him do better on is um you know running the offense distributing the ball making the correct pass and he started to do that more and more where i feel like he gets a lot of trouble into a lot of trouble is when he gets a little bit too tunnel vision out i don't think i think him getting tunnel vision hurts his percentage at the rim in general right um but then when he has a conservative effort to get his teammates involved, mainly Mitchell Robinson, he does pretty well. So he needs to, to do that as well. 29th percentile pick and roll ball handler needs to pick that up. Um, but overall, he's averaged 20 points per game for the first time in his career. Despite all those stats, he's gotten better every, every year. And I think um, we're in a good place with RJ. But I still want to see if he can take that leak. And one of the things he's going to have to do to take that leak, leap is, you know, take command of this team. And one thing I really want to see is how RJ and Jalen Brunson coexist together to see if those guys can create some synergy. Uh, what do you guys think about those stats? Yeah, I think what's missing when we're talking about this is a lot of context. When mm -hmm. I look at three years that RJ has been the lead so far, and there's a lot of blue there. And that is very disconcerting, no matter how you look at it. 
but it's also blue when he's playing alongside a black hole in Julius Randle. Zero spacing in right. Mitchell Robinson. And even to, to a certain extent, Reggie Bullock and some of the bench players, Albert Burst, he was playing alongside, even though they were might have been good in corner threes overall. You're not getting the lead spacing alongside that. And Elfer Payton, Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo Trier, I mean, the litany of terrible point guards, even Burt's a small forward playing point guard. He's had a lot of issues in terms of putting himself in a position to increase those statistics and efficiency because of who he's been surrounded by. And that's on the front office and Thibs with in terms of their flexibility and willing to be, you know, a little more experimental with the lineups. I'm hoping now that he has a real point guard at the helm of his team and hopefully better spacing and shooting alongside him on a perimeter with Grimes and Sir into the starting lineup. We should see th- those numbers rise naturally, more so than forced. Yeah, and I also, oh, I, Ryan. I also just want to add something to what Lee said as well, because, you know, we talk about how we'd like to see RJ Bear make a little bit of a jump in scoring, you know, due to him, you know, due to the Knicks, you know, signing him on that four-year contract and trusting him to, they're pretty much putting the franchise in his hands right now. Well, if he improves his if he improves his shooting efficiency, he can easily get those three to four points a game. It's not even a matter of him taking more field goals or whatever the case may be. It's just a matter of him improving his efficiency and even free throw shooting. Like he struggled at the line as well. So if he picks up his free throw shooting and becomes a little bit more efficient, he can easily score those three or four more points per game. Yeah. Yeah, the free throw is going to be a big deal. And and you're rightly as well. The point guard situation, the synergy between him and Jalen Brunson might um might be a, a thing to look at as well. Um, but everything we've read about Jalen Brunson is that he's a natural leader, you know? Um, and and I was digging to his stats as well, and it looks it looks really good, man. It looks very well, it bodes well for us. Uh, I would just say this: you see all this blue for RJ. When you look at when you looked at Jalen's, is the complete opposite. This is this is oranginess, all right. He's the, the orange and the blue and orange. But we'll dig into that later, all right. Uh, I know we got a caller that's coming up, and I know uh, Fritz says Jr.'s first caller. Jr., let us know what you uh, what you want to talk about, sir. Yo, you was good. <laughs> what's popping crew what's popping team yo i gotta keep it 100 man keep so, yeah, that little hiatus you took man you were sorely missed man sorely missed like these content creators man i mean i i'm all over the place on youtube man a lot of these guys are starting to sound like espn personalities <laughs> like we, we needed you back man we're glad to have you back and we're looking for you know what I'm, saying? I, I'm looking forward to seeing you grow this year even more i know it's coming man you make great content always level-headed always keep it real appreciate so you know say we appreciate that man appreciate it yeah we're gonna ease our way back trust me go ahead nah man i gotta i gotta keep them 100 man i gotta address some things man i mean some of this stuff you guys already talked about Mm -hmm. but i gotta say man like people uh, over the summer i just been listening to see like what the community is talking about and people really talking like julius randall is like he's gone we have to trade him give him away for nothing for pennies and, like, I have to say something, man. Look, I'm 32 years old. I've been watching the Knicks on all the down years. I've been a Knicks fan my whole life. I'm not old enough to remember the Patrick Ewing days. So I, all I've seen is pretty much like Marbury, the start of Marbury on. A lot of dark years. That's a long time now. Yeah. And how many plans have we had 
that did what Julius Randle did for us two years ago. Like, how many players have we had that make an all-NBA team and literally key cause for us to go to the playoffs? I mean, we haven't even gone to the playoffs that much in 20 years. I, I mean, I understand what happened last year, and I don't, I don't condone his behavior. He had a horrible year. Right. It was so bad that even my, even my casual wife that watches, like, yo, what's wrong with him? Why is he, <laughs> why is he looking like that? Why is he, like, straight up, this is real talk. She's like, yo, what's up with this guy? He had a horrible year. Yeah. I will still say that as, as bad of a year, as bad of his attitude was, the front office failed him last year by not getting him a true point guard. And that's where I'm going with this, man. People, we need to really, like, I don't want to watch the first game of the season and hear Judas Randle getting booed on the first possession. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. It's like, that makes us as, 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 a, as bad as he was last year, we have to leave that last year. We can't bring that energy with us this year because we're trying to have a good year. We're trying to turn the page. And, right. and would we totally be surprised if Julius Randle even reached 80% of what he was two years ago and what that would do for us? I... Not, not to mention, not to mention, even if he did do that, the trade value that he would have, because I'd be still trading him. I'm not going to lie. If it, if it goes out, obviously, like, he's definitely worth more than one first-round pick at the trade deadline. Yeah, listen, uh, Yo, appreciate you calling, man. I'm I'm going to respond. I I, I hear you. I appreciate you calling. I'm I'm gonna talk about it. Um, all right, all right. Listen, <laughs> if you're looking for a Julius Randle defender, don't look at me. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this: to be fair, for those you got for the for those of you who watched this show all season, all last season. I did defend Julius Randle up until about December because I do feel like Randle was getting um, unfair treatment because first he was shooting too much. And then I remember first he, they said he was shooting too much because, you know, he had to defer to everybody. And then he was passing out the ball. And then people were complaining that he's passing too much and he's too passive. So I felt like it was a point of season where the fans were turning on him and he was damned if he did, damn if he didn't. And I was defending him at that point. But then there was a part of the season where he checked out defensively, um, not running back on defense and things of that nature. And, and I couldn't defend him anymore. So for me, uh, if we can move him and get something almost reasonable for him, I'm down for it. Um, especially if cause I want to see what Obi Toppin have, and we have to see what he has. So that's that's just where I am with it. Um, but if he comes back at the end of the day, he's still wearing a blue and orange uniform. He's still in the uniform, so I'm going to root for the guy. And I do agree that I do not want to see Randall getting booed game one of the season just because I definitely agree with that. I'm not going to be on that type of time. I'm rooting for the guy because he's wearing orange blue uniform. But um, at the same time, if we were able to find a reasonable deal for him, I'm not above moving the man either because uh, you already know what I, what I feel about it. That, that's all I really got to say. <laughs> the, the, the point of view of that caller is coming from, I relate to so strongly. Those dark years of the Isaiah Thomas, Glenn Grunwell, those are Phil Jackson. We all know about that, those dark times. 
And Julius Randle is better than every player we've had from there, except for Melo, in my opinion. He's better than KP. Even in off year, Randle's 2010 and 5. Right. You know, he's better than David Lee. He's better than a Mary Stoudemire when he was broken and, and injured. The issue for me is it's the fact that Obi Toppin is behind him. Yeah. And my frustrations and why I'm, I'm quick to pull the trigger on a Randle trade is mainly because to move him means that Obi's joy and his love of the game and his yeah. infectious smile and his the, the boundless potential and a high ceiling would be starting. And that to me is worth trading an all a, a second team or third, third team all NBA player in Julius Randle, which we have not had since the 90s. It's worth it to let Obi start and unlock that potential and just have a team that really loves playing with each other and we don't have to worry about the you know the thumbs down and all that social media BS just to let the boys play. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And shout out to Ace of Spade who talks about um, RJ twenty three, and he has more responsible. Um, that's another reason why I'm looking for RJ to take this next step too. I would like for a guy who has that even killness, that kill instinct, that kind of grit where he doesn't get unbothered. I would like for him to take that next step because it would just mean more for us. And for the Knicks, if a guy who has that side of a work ethic, that side of an attitude can, um, can really produce and be an all-star, that's going to uplift the franchise wholeheartedly. The, the, the front office just has to, you know, do the right thing and not trade the man. But that would, that would you know, do the right thing. That would help us tremendously. Yeah, and I also want to add one more thing about Julius Randle. Like, if there's any Knicks fan that's going to go into this season and booing this guy, they're stupid because, number one, the better Julius Randle plays, it's like a win-win situation. The better Julius Randle plays, the more he helps the team. At the same time, his value rises even more. So now all these reports coming out saying that the Knicks are pretty much having trouble trading Julius Randle or... They may, have to, they may have to attach a first-round pick to trade Julius Randle, whatever the case may be. Now that transforms into, okay, maybe a team is not going to give up a first-round pick to get Julius Randle because he's been performing so well with the Knicks in the first half, in the first half of the season if they do consider trading him at the trade deadline. Right. So you really have to go into the season with a clean slate on Julius Randle. He's wearing the blue and orange. He's part of the Knicks. Cheer for the man. If he performs good, he helps the team win. And then if he raises his value, then it, it makes him more easily movable. And then you open up the path for Obi to give him that chance in the future. I agree. I agree. And and shout out to JR. Thank you for calling. I'm glad. Uh, listen, man, it's been a long off season, but we'll be back. Trust me. We'll be back with a vengeance. Your lives on lives of lives. And you'll be tired of us. Trust me. All right. <laughs> but, um, JR mentioned something pretty important, and he mentioned a point guard. This is the best point guard Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett will have the privilege of playing with, and that point guard is named the one, the only, Jalen Brunson, godson of Leon Rose. All right? Coming into guarding, and here's my thing about Jalen Brunson. Um... I have questions for sure about Jalen Brunson. He's done well in the players for Dallas. 
he's done well without Luka. I read some stats that said without Luka Doncic in the lineup in the regular season, he averaged around 20 points and seven assists with 50% from the field and 35% from three from Jalen Brunson without Luka Doncic. My question to you guys is, can he carry that into the season with these New York Knicks? And I have my questions and issues about that. My, my worries. Not, But at the same time, I'm a little worried, but I also recognize this guy, he has a chance to be something. He has a chance to be a star, but I want to see if these, he fits with the pieces here. But Lee, what do you think about Jalen Brunson coming to New York Knicks? 100%, man. I think what, what I like the most about this situation is he's not alone. It's not a situation when we have Marbury with, like, who's on the bench? Ruchi Norris. It's like, oh, man. When the moment that Marbury sits, you got trash coming in and like, destroying the, the chemistry of a team. Jalen Brunson sits. You got the dog, Derek Rose, coming in to, 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 to hold down the fort. You got IQ coming in, too, to play a little off guard right. or, or on ball. Like, I like the dynamic of that trio. Even Deuce McBride. You got four solid guys that all bring a different element to the team where Brunson doesn't have to do it all. He's not coming in as some big point guard savior. He's actually coming in to the most depth we've had at this position in decades. It's a great situation for him to come into. He just had to up the number of threes he takes per game. Three three balls a game ain't going to cut it. He got to boost that up to five or seven a game. I, I watched a lot of Mavs last season. For some reason, the kid just refuses to shoot when he, even when he's open. He loves going to the lane. And, you know, and getting fouled and driving to the hoop, which he's great at, but I got to see more three-point attempts for the spacing to really work out, especially with Mitch and, and Randall up front. But in terms of like that dog mentality and the leadership and the ability, it's all there. And I love that the front office has put a, a team in place where it's not contingent upon him even being healthy for every single game. You got Derrick Rose, you got IQ, and I pray Thibs plays Deuce and Bride as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I was looking at his numbers too. You're talking about the shooting. He shot 80% from spot-ups to um last season as a spot-up shooter in general. Um, really eight in that mid-range area, which is pretty good, but also concern of mine. Brunson uh uh upped his attempts from 102 to 2020, 2021-237. In 2021-2022 season, he shot 40% from the field on those mid-range shots. And one of my biggest concerns is with the spacing being the way it is. Um, was is he still going to get those same opportunities to cook in a mid-range like he had in Dallas, where they have a five-out five-out offense? I'm still remembering when I'm looking at the Phoenix game, where, where I'm I watched uh Dallas shut down a a, a mid-range shooter. And a mid-range shooter on Phoenix. And I'm thinking uh, that same thing could happen to us if we don't have the, the spacing. What do you think about that, Ron? Well, here's the thing. Um, I agree with a lot of what Lee said because, you know, Jalen Brunson is coming into a situation where even in Dallas, you know, he it's not like Dallas was his team. It was Luca's team, and he played more of that, like, secondary role. And then even, like you stated, Jay, like, even when Luca didn't play, he still, a pretty, he still put up pretty good stats. But at the same time, like you also said, Dallas had a lot of spacing on the court as well, which allowed Jalen Brunson the space that he needed to penetrate to the basket, get to the rim, 
finish at the rim, shoot mid-range jumpers or whatever the case may be. And of course, with the Knicks, the spacing is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be the same exact spacing. So there is that worry if he's going to still get enough space to do what he does. But I do think at the same time, though, his efficient shooting will help the Knicks as well because he's going to free up space for other guys like RJ, etc. on the perimeter as well because you can't leave Jalen, you can't leave Jalen Brunson open. You have to guard him on the perimeter. Right. So that's going to definitely you know, pull some guys up, which will allow RJ more space to operate. And then especially if you add Grimes to that lineup as well, you know, that's another shooter right there too that's going to draw somebody up, which will, which, which should fill up more space for RJ. Julius Randle, if he's in the starting lineup, which, you know, he will be. So there's positives to draw from, from there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so with, with Jalen Brunson, all I really hope for is that he's able to keep up his efficient shooting because for a small guard, he's very efficient, 50% from the field, 40% from three, which is crazy for a guard that's six foot tall. And I, and I think if he's able to keep up that efficient shooting, you know, even, even, even if the, even if the mid, even say, even say, for example, the mid range game is taken away because, you know, the spacing is a great for Knicks or whatever the case may be. If he can, if he can still get that three ball going, at that same rate, it's still going to help out regardless. So, yeah, there is some worry, but there's also some optimism as well with Jalen Brunson in the lineup. Yeah, I think he, at this season, when with him at the range, the one thing he has to work on is shooting um, on those screens and not just looking to drive. Like when you, when they when you do those high screen pick and rolls at the three point line, pulling them instead of looking for a drive, that might be the, the key because with the, the way the Knicks are set, they might sag off and clog that paint. But like you said, there is plenty of good with Jalen Brunson when it comes to I shooting. Bold, I got a bold prediction for y'all. Oh, go ahead. Let's go. <laughs> I think Brunson wins one of the three, uh, one of these three awards. I think he either wins six man, I mean, uh, most improved, all NBA mm. third team, or all star. I think he did one of those three Ooh. this season. I can see, I could definitely see most improved for sure. I can definitely see most improved. Now, if we in the playoff picture for sure, if we're in yeah. like that, I feel like if we're like a six seed, mm, it's not. All star might be tough, man. It's too many. It's too many guards. There's too many guards. I can see him doing most improved. I can see him do between Darius Garland, Kyrie Irving. Uh, it, it's it's so much. Yeah, I think it'll be hard for him to get. Uh, All star nod, but I can definitely see him getting the most improved nod. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that, I, that's why I hedged my bets. I said one of the three. I think one <laughs> of the three are, are, are possible. Which when's the last time we've been able to say something like that? I mean, Randall for sure, but it's been a long time since we've had a point guard that we could say we'll be able to win one of those. Yeah, now nah, all right. And, and looking at these numbers, man, look, rim 93% talent on, from shooting at the rim from your small guard in Jalen Brunson. Short mid 91st percentile, all mid 89th percentile, corner three 90th percentile. This man can shoot the basketball. And not only that, when it comes to isolation plays in the game situations, he might be the best isolation player um, we have. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Looking at the numbers, the best isolation player we have is sadly Derrick Rose. Crazy, crazy! Uh, Derrick Rose is still. I, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull these stats up real quick. Derrick Rose isolation on even, but he's. But Jalen Brunson is number two. All right, 
Jalen Brunson is number two. Derrick Rose, eighty-first percentile in isolation. Which so you That's can insane. see insane. The guard rotation on this team is crazy. Great. Jalen Jalen Brunson, sixty-fifth percentile in isolation. Not all-star numbers, but it's like a little more, like a little bit above average, but not that much. But um, with him having more, having the ball in his hands a little bit more, um, maybe you can start to see that go go up. But um, if if Brunson pops off and we're in a playoff hunt, these New York fans are gonna go crazy. Even the K-pop fans that Wiggins in the starting lineup, bro. These New York fans around the world, man, it's global. That they can they can vote him in if he has an unbelievable season. If he jumps from 16 points a game to 20, 21, shit, man. I'm gonna be having like nine burners. I'm serious. Okay, Kevin Durant. All right. (laughs) All I'm I'm saying is if Jalen Brunson makes an all NBA team, yo, I might have to run in these streets naked, dog, because that would be so crazy. All NBA team. That would be so crazy. (laughs) You're you're, you're in Indy now. That's that's dangerous, bro. Yeah, man. I don't want to do that over there in those parts. But yo, there's a lot to like. There's still a lot to like with Jalen Brunson, man. They get to even more stats. Let's go. Uh, pick and roll bar handler. I didn't know this. 90th percentile 90th percentile as a pick and roll ball handler. You Mitch eating this season, baby. Mitch is eating. <laughs> you never <laughs> had a lob threat like Mitch before. So now we can see some things from Brunson and RJ Barrett going to Mitch. So big, big, big importance that from him on our side, the ball. But you, as you know, the defensive side of the ball is is probably the biggest concern uh, when it comes to isolation defense for Jalen Brunson. You know, well, actually, it's not that bad. 85 percentile. But uh, pick and roll defense, not so good. But all in all, Jalen Brunson is looking all right, man. He, he should be good on his team. My thing is this, and I keep saying this, RJ Barrett, you need to study Jalen Brunson, man. You need to. Like, I feel like I feel like RJ Barrett should straight up control C, control Z. I mean, control C, Jalen Brunson's entire game. Like, they're both kind of not so super quick. Have to use angles and shiftiness to get to the hole, a bunch of fakes and finishes and pivots. That's all Jalen Brunson does is pivot you to death and get that footwork going to get in the mid-range. That's what RJ Barrett needs to really study Jalen Brunson this season to get things going. So hopefully, hopefully he does. All right. Yo. So, salute to the channel. Salute to the chat. I've been shouting the chat all night. If you're loving the show so far, you already know to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and we'll be back. Um, we'll be we'll be back next week to to do more breakdowns for other players. That's gonna be Nick Uniform and talk about the player outlook. All right. Um, also, if you want to call in, you already know. Look at that number right there. All you gotta do is dial three one nine five two seven six two four one. If you want to call and talk to your boys at the KOT show. All right. Salute. So salute to you guys. Salute to picks for Timmy Edward Sterling, Civil Analytics, aka Big Reaper, Fritz Alessandor, David Parker, um, everybody, Nick's Yak, Paul Butler, 
everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Definitely appreciate you. King Mark, everybody was here early. Appreciate you guys. All right. Next caller up. We got our guy, Big Reaper, aka Silver Analytics. What's going on, sir? Hey, what's up, fellas? Thank you for taking my call. Hey, Jay Ellis. Hey, guys. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think it was a great, uh, great addition for the Knicks. And in terms of uh, how Jalen is going to play with the rest of the team, I think it, it might be a good thing for uh, RJ. Uh, maybe RJ might, like, um, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe he'll be able to work with RJ or uh, the coaches will work with RJ. At least, basically, if you had someone else running, uh, running the offense, in terms of initiating the offense, maybe RJ can basically figure out where he can get his, his shots from, you know, so he can basically maybe practice it a little more. Maybe it might help with, with his efficiency. Um, and so I think, you know, I think it may help with RJ's efficiency with him running, um, running the offense. Um, and uh, in terms of Julius Randle, I'm not sure how well it's going to work because I think we've seen situations where somebody will make a play. Julius Randle has a run at the rim. It has a link to the rim and then he'll just start dribbling the ball. Right. Um, and instead of actually attacking the lane. And so, so unless he, if he changes his game where he basically, if somebody makes a play for him, whether if it's uh, RJ or Jalen, uh, and he has an open, like a lane, if he's able to just make that decision and just attack the paint, then I think, you know, one thing, or at least take the open jump shot instead of just start, uh, instead of him just starting to dribble. So yeah. we'll see, maybe, maybe he changes it. And if he does, I think maybe, you know, he'll have a better season. I think overall it's gonna he's gonna be uh pretty good for our team. Um and he was, you know, like uh he I think uh last year he played like seventeen games without uh you guys covered it already, but he played seventeen games without Luca and he actually did did really well and you know, he did a very good job making sure like he had control of their of their offense. Mm-hmm. Like statistically, he definitely like had an impact like on the game and like basically it's almost like kind of the same thing we saw with Julius a couple of years ago without Luca as he went, you know, the Dallas Mavericks went. So if he played well, the Mavericks play well. If he played, if he played poorly, the Mavericks, you know, also played poorly. So just, that usually just means like, you know, he just has really good control of the offense and he's like, he can actually be an engine uh, for your offense in terms of initiating the offense. So, uh, but I think it's going to be a good thing for the uh, for the team. Uh, one thing I did do, I tried it. Well, I tried to swap out that for uh, basically. Uh, I imagined that basically everyone else performed exactly the same way as uh, we they performed last year. Like that, they already shoots like you know forty percent. Julius shoots like forty one percent. Right. And Obi's playing like eight minutes a game. <laughs> It seems like possibly he gets up to like swapping him and burst out. He gets up, gets it up to like forty-one one, and that's if like you know at least that's at least that's what you know it, it kind of suggests doing the analysis. But our whole, I, I don't know. It's just we'll see. Yeah, that's wishful thinking, man. Like best case scenario is Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett shoot their three-point percentage from two seasons ago. That's best case best case scenario. I don't expect. I'm still. I'm not even sure if I expect RJ to average twenty, but to me, I want him to be more efficient. Both of those guys be more efficient. 
um this season last season and that'll be the win that i'll take but um yo all good points man all good points reaper uh, yo thanks for for hanging out with us today all right cool thank you absolutely question for you guys game on the line one minute left who do you want finishing the game Jalen brunson rj barrett lee rj barrett mm, even with the isolation numbers being the way they are i'm gonna read them for you again just in case you forgot just just in case you isolation Jalen brunson 65th percentile rj barrett in isolation 43 percentile if we if rj barrett's not taking that shot what, what are we paying the bad for but it's, it's it's his team now. It's time for him to do it. If we're depending on Jalen Brunson to bail us out, you know, I'm cool with that one or two games. But in terms of like these scenarios, these like magic scenarios, I want it to be RJ Barrett. It's his team, man. I want to see the young kid rise up and be the Maple Mamba. Let's go. Maple Mamba, stand up. Let's go. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, boy. Um. Yeah, yeah. Tough one. Chat. Chat. I want to see your answers in the chat. I one um, one for RJ, two for Jalen. What what you got? By, by committee, whoever has the best matchup. Whoever. Oh, you took the you took that way out. Okay, I see what you did. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> whoever has the best matchup. All right, all right, all right. Yo, I conflicted on this. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to lie. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Jalen Brunson's the insult factor point guard. I feel like he can do his thing. I feel like I'll be more more comfortable with Jalen Brunson finishing the game. The only thing I do see with Jalen Brunson, he doesn't really get to the line a lot. He doesn't really get to the line a lot. I think he averages two, uh, like two free throw attempts a game to R to RJ like five for one eight. So when the game is on a line, uh, I can see RJ uh, drawing that whistle. And getting to the line and getting easy free throws. He just has to hit them free throws. You know what I mean? He just has to hit them free throws. The one thing we can all agree, it's not Julius Randle. It's not Julius <laughs> Randle. <laughs> no more spin moves, bro. It's out. We out this year. No more. Nah. Julius Randle, stand in the corner. Stand in the corner. Right there. Where you belong. I'm sorry. Decoy. <laughs> yeah, decoy. Exactly. Have him throw the ball. <laughs> I see oh, a couple of ones man. and a couple of twos, man. I see a few ones and a few twos. It's kind of amazing. one, RJ, baby. <laughs> I'm going to say guns in my head. Brunson, I'm saying. Yeah, Brunton. I mean, I think I think me too. If I have to choose, I, I probably would go Brunson over RJ at the moment if I have to choose. I'm going to go Brunson. I'm going to go Brunson. And I'm going to go RJ number two. Yeah. RJ hot, giving the ball to RJ. If Julius Randle is hot, I'm still giving the ball to Brunson. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who, who's who's number three, though? Who's your number three? Grimes? Quickly. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Number three is quickly. Look, I'm, looking at, I'm, looking at, I'm just looking at stats. I got mad stats. Stats on stats in front of me. All right. Isolation offense. Quickly, 47 percentile. All right. Okay. Uh, Four percentiles better than RJ Barrett. Really? Hmm. 
Well, so we got Derrick Rose first, and then we have Jalen Brunson second, and a man quickly third, as far as isolation players, which, which lets you know how far we have to go to, to, to really get some isolation all-star play here. But that's what it's looking like. All right? So that's where I'm rolling with it. And then if you want to look at Julius Randle's isolation stats. Um, uh, <laughs> We don't need to see for that. entertainment, what, what is Julius Randle's isolation statistics for just for entertainment? Can you entertain us, please? Twenty-one uh, percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, yeah and Tibbs <laughs> continually went to him at the end of the game in the polls with that in mind. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how he just kind of ignored stats all year and did what he wanted. But I, I digress. <laughs> As Mitch would say, take that for data. All right. Because <laughs> oh, Mitch has been on a run, run on, on, on IG and TikTok lately. But uh, let's get to this next Berman. caller. Huh? No, I just said Mitch's line. Relax, Berman. Relax. Re- exactly. <laughs> relax, Berman. Relax. Yo. All right. Next call up. We got our guy, Mike from Michigan. Mike, let us know what your name is. Where you from? I mean, what? I know what your name is. What do you want to talk about, Mike? Mike, you there? Is Mike still there? Oh, Hello? Hello? Can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, Okay, this 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 is Daryl from Charlotte. Oh, this is Daryl from Charlotte. Okay, Mike hung up. Mike was like, "Y'all talking too much." (laughs) What's going on, Daryl? Okay, so listen. Excuse me. Yeah, I hear you. Good to go. Okay. 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 So look, this is the deal, right? All right. So Bronson has been around basketball pretty much all of his life, right? Like his dad played, you know what I'm saying? He's got connections with, like, I think, Thibodeau. He's got connections with a lot of guys, right? Right. That, that, that you know, played the game, been around, been around the game for a while, right? Okay, so that's really a gift because if you look at Brunson's game, in my opinion, Brunson's game is underappreciated. I can see that. It's appreciated. It's appreciated, but it's underappreciated. It should be appreciated on a more higher level. Yeah. Let me tell you why. So those guys that he's been around all of his life, right? If you look at Brunson's game, Brunson can get his offensive. He can get his. But the thing about Brunson is he gets his in the flow of the game. He can get his and get others help others get there. Right. You know, because you don't see very many point guards like that anymore. Now, I believe that's because of who he's been around all his life. He has a game that I'm not gonna say it's like an old school game, but no, he it has is. a game it's old school. of a true point guard. And he's gonna help a lot of these young guys block He's going to help grind. If him and grind play together, he's going to help grind, you know, when he kicked it out. RJ, he better knock down the shot. But we know RJ is 
you know, he's pretty strong. You know what I'm saying? He, he can get to the rack also. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not going to really speak bad about Julius. You know, we all know about Julius. I'm not going to speak bad about that, right? But the guy, man, the guy Brunson, he's a dog, man. I'm telling you. And he, he, he's going to help. He's going to help. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, they're going to be like the fourth seed or they're going to be the fifth seed. But I do believe, I do believe that if Thibodeau coaches correct, see, this is the thing. Okay, your question was, who do, who do we want uh, the ball in, in the hand, RJ or Brunson? I'm going Brunson all day. I'm going Brunson. Because Brunson's going to make the right decision. He's going to make the right basketball decision. He's going to make the right basketball decision. Now, RJ... I don't mind having it in his hand, but I don't feel as confident RJ making the right decisions like Brunson would. RJ's a dog. He's gonna go to the basket and try to and try to score. He's gonna try to score. Uh, yeah. RJ's gonna try to score. No, I agree. I agree. Brunson, he's gonna make the right basketball play. Yeah, Whether I agree. Whether it's Grimes in the corner or who, whoever's on the court at that time. He's gonna make the right basketball play. That's that that that's just for my analysis of watching his game, man. Got you. Yeah, appreciate you calling, Daryl. It's your first time calling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, you'll yeah. be hearing from me some more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. We're gonna be here during the season after every game talking Knicks basketball. Appreciate you calling, man. All right, all right. Y'all be safe, man. All right. Yeah, man. Brunson knows what he's doing. Listen, yo. Offensively, he fits into what we're doing. Like it's very rare to have a guy who can fit on and off the balls like Brunson does. So it's just defensively where we're gonna have our problems with him. But um, he's he, he's uh he's a great park car man. I'm still team quickly too, but Brunson is a solid addition for our team. All right, uh, Mike Uno, the number to call if you guys don't know the number is on the graphic right under the ticker three one nine. Five two seven six two four one. That's three one nine five two seven six two four one. It's right there under the ticker. All right, right on the graphic, right there. All you gotta do. All right, cool. And you'll hear my guy Fritz answer the phone. All right, next guy. Listen, let's get into the block nest monster, money making Mitch Mitchell Robinson. You want to talk about underrated? I feel like some a lot of fans underrated Mitch Robinson, man. I feel like a lot of Jericho Sims had a great year last year, and then all of a sudden everybody thought that Mitch Robin was chopped liver. And I just I just did not agree with that at all. I just did not agree. I feel like he has a chance to grow out his game even more and take a next step. Granted, small baby steps. But I, I believe in Mitch that like it, it was a good sign that he can remain healthy for an entire season, almost the entire season. And it's a good sign that he can be among the league leaders in offensive rebound. And that as the season progressed last season, he played himself into shape and he started getting to some of that athleticism back that we missed from him in the beginning of the season when he put on all that weight um, from the injury. So, um, and also, this is a summer where he's injury-free. And when you are injury-free and an NBA player, 
that is when you actually get better. So people were talking about he didn't get better last season. He was injured. He was he was rehabbing. When you're rehabbing, you don't have the opportunity to grow your game out. And you can already see this year from the videos he's posting, he's he's growing his game out. He's attempting to. But um, we'll see the results, hopefully, as the season progresses. Guys, what do you think about Mitchell Robinson? I know earlier, Lee, you talked about how he had the most to prove in your mind. Y'all remember when uh, we had Mary Stoudemire in every season before his start? He'd be like, this season's going to be phenomenal. Like, I'm going to come out phenomenal. I'm going to come out in phenomenal shape. Like, chemistry is going to be phenomenal. I feel the same way about Mitchell Robinson, man. It's, we're entering year five. And I'm still waiting to see Mitch fully unleashed. I'm still waiting for the dude to average double digits and rebounds. I'm still waiting for the guy to average more field goal attempts than 4.8 a game. Like it's really time for Mitch to become the player that we thought he was going to be since we drafted him. There's been, you know, off and on starting uh, wars with New Orleans Noel when really he should have had that position from the get go. I know he struggled with injuries and even sometimes motivation. But I think year five was a year where David Lee became an all-star. And year five means it'd be the year that we never again wonder whether Mitch is going to be the starter or if Isaiah Hartenstein is going to take his position. Like he needs to be a top 15, if not top 10, center in the NBA this season. And I think looking at someone like Clint Capella is a good comp for where Mitch could be if he really fully realizes his abilities and his potential. Clint Capella is not, you know, a superstar. Uh, center and he's actually only 6'10 but the dude last year was able to, to score 11 points a game and pull down 12 rebounds a game and average over 10 rebounds for his entire career and he's been a lead for like 7 or 8 years right. I think Capella is someone that Mitch to really mimic his game after being that rim running you know raw athletic uh, type of center who doesn't have a whole lot of post skills or a whole lot of finesse but someone who just can really bang on the boards but man we can't be settling for under 5 rebounds a game like I need my guy to be to be pulling down at least 10 and really assert himself on offense as much as he does on defense, especially in the pick and roll. Now, granted, I've been you know harsh about not having a point guard, not having good spacing, but with Jalen Brunson, it's time for him to put up or shut up. I want to see fully realized Mitch in year five. Yeah. Uh well said, well said. Crazy stat. I, like I said, I've been digging into stats, digging into that. Craziest stat I've seen from Mitch Robinson. And listen, we all we all know about the offensive rebounding stats. We all know. I saw the cra- the two craziest stats I've seen. Number one in the NBA and put back attempts. 43% of his shots come from putbacks. And he's in there. I think he's the 80 something something percentile when it comes to putbacks. 87th percentile when it comes to putbacks but also one of the craziest stats i see mitch robinson pick and roll defense 52 percent when guarding the roll man but check this out when guarding the ball handler he's in the 85th percentile in pick and roll defense that's that's crazy <laughs> that stat is crazy i mean uh- go ahead no, I just wanted to say something about the, the pick and roll defense. I feel like him guarding the roller would probably be a bit higher if he wasn't stuck in enough situations last year where he had to guard two people at the same time off the pick and roll. That's a good point. 
Yeah, because often, oftentimes Mitch was stuck having to guard two people at the same time off the pick and roll. And if he's stuck doing that, then, of course, you know, him guarding the roller, you know, those stats are not going to be as impressive. But I think it is, it is, it is a positive that, you know, he is in the 85th percentile, though, when, it's, when it comes to guarding the guy who has the ball in his hand off the pick and roll. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. At, what do you guys think about him expanding his game? Have you seen him on IG putting up threes, working on his free throws? Uh, he was actually, I saw him, he was working on dribble handoff drills where you fake the dribble handoff and go to the hole and, and put the ball in. What do you guys think about that? him developing that part of his game to me to me that the fake dribble handoff thing i mean when i saw the clip it looked pretty slow but i can see that working for mitch real time with big sensors guarding him out there i think he has enough handle to do something like that and i've always felt like that yeah um with mitch i mean you know people you know always talk about the stretch fives and how they want their big men to shoot threes and things of that nature. And to me, I feel like Mitch can be effective doing what he's best at, which is rolling to the rim off pick and rolls, finishing at the rim, grabbing offensive boards, putbacks and things of that nature. Because even though that's, even though that's a limited skill set on offense, it's still a threat. You know, it's still a threat when, the other team has to guard you rolling to the basket because they know that if they if they lob it to you, that's going to be an easy dunk. Right. It's still a threat when, when you know, somebody on the team puts up a shot and they see you under the rim grabbing the offensive board. They have to put a body on you, you know, to make sure that you don't grab that offensive board and that that may free up somebody else to grab an offensive rebound as well. So Mitch, is, Mitch can still be effective doing what he does well. I think the only thing I would think that he would probably need to add to his game. Like I like I like the dribble handoff idea mm-hmm. because you know that's because Mitch has the length. So if he does a fake dribble handoff, it's it's all he pretty much has to do is do one dribble. Yeah, and then take something. It's got a the wrap. We seen Obi do it. Oh, <laughs> exactly. So I think that would be something that he should add to his game. And I'm not expecting Mitch to be a flamethrower from three. Like if he can add that to his game gradually in the future, that'd be great. But I think right now. The dribble handoff would be something that would be great for his game. And and even if he could make just one go-to move, you know, whether it's like a little jump hook yeah. in the lane, just something, just, just something to keep the defense on their toes if you, if he has the ball within the lane. So, yeah, that's all I'm really expecting for from Mitch this season when it comes to the offense. Yeah, I don't even care if he ever shoots a three in, in real-time situations in the game. He's been <laughs> doing that goofy, like – you know, learned shooting threes on IG for about three seasons now during the summer. I just want him to build like either a set a set shot like Taj had mm-hmm. 15 feet out or at a turnaround baby hook. Something that can up that that field goal attempts from what he's been averaging, you know, five a game around his career between seven, eight, maybe even up to nine or ten. Because he's an unbelievable athlete. There's very few matchups where there's someone better athletically than him at the center position. I want to see him really use that in transition, getting up the court and using his speed and his wide um, strides uh, in, in terms of fast breaks to really play with that point guard and some of the facilitators we have on the perimeter to go up for lobs and decide 
be a freak out there on the court and five attempts a game. He's really too passive. I think on the offensive side, defensively, I have no complaints right. him on it's offensively. I want to see him assert himself, especially when he's going up against, uh, you know, another bum on a different team, like a Dwight Powell or somebody. No, he, he lights up bums. Like he, he, like the putbacks, the offense rebounds, he lights up bums. The thing is though, I'm hoping Jalen Brunson helps this. There's been plenty of times where I see Mitchell post a smaller player up and he won't receive the ball. You know what I mean? Um, to, to, and I think that's as a product of running with that first unit sometimes in the first unit, just not getting him the ball. When you when you look at IQ and OB, whenever OB beats everyone down the court and has a post position, IQ was giving him the ball. No one was giving the ball to Mitch. I think I so I think having a point guard who has that awareness might help him in in that regard. Um, now, when also when it comes, I'm, I'm gonna get to some more Mitch stats right now. Hold on, me. me. There's some other things that Mitch has to work on, right? Because Mitch has done well for himself as an offensive rebounder. Um, 96 percentile and block percentage. 72nd percentile and steal percentage. See that orange there looking nice. Offensive rebounds. Vehicle percent offensive rebound, 96 percentile. This defensive rebound, though, 46 percentile, has, has to uh, improve. Has to improve, at least to be average. Because he's already tops in the offense. He, he needs to be average on the defensive rebounding side of the ball. Um, to me, that's one of his his biggest weaknesses when it comes to being a traditional center. But you know everything else. I mean, listen, ninety second percentile at the rim, hundred percentile effective field goal percentage. He, he's done well in other areas. I would like to see him expand his game overall. So, um, and listen, I have to sell this one. Isaiah Hardenstein, we signed him too. I. Do not believe, listen, I think there is a chance that Hartenstein can offer up another look. So as much as I love Mitch, just the fact that Hartenstein can stretch the floor a little bit, even though he doesn't shoot threes, um, I'll keep an eye on that. I just, I will definitely keep an eye on that um, as the season progresses to see if he challenges Mitch's for a starting spot and minutes because he, he's a good player, man. He's he's incredibly more polished than, than Mitch is. I think he's overall uh, more skilled. I think Mitch has a higher ceiling and obviously is a, is a superior athlete to right. Hardenstein. Hardenstein has a great all around game and is a sneaky good defender too in terms of uh, guarding the paint and passing. Right, passing and and shooting when he has to shoot. So I'll keep an eye on that. Definitely keep an eye on that. All right. Next caller up, we got our guy Mike from the Lower East Side. What's oh, what's good? This is Mike. You and I, yo, my bad. I couldn't see the number, man. I was on my phone. But listen, I have an unpopular opinion Let's about go. Randall. So you can hear me, right? Yep, we can hear you. Yeah. All right, all right. Yo, so here's my opinion on Randall. I think Randall's dope. I don't want to get rid of him. I think I'm really tired of everybody saying we got to get rid of him. That's crazy talk. The dude is nice. We're not going to get another power forward that can fill in what he can fill in. I think 
he's just been out of place. You know, maybe he's not the guy to give the ball to for the final shot in the final second. Clearly, he's under pressure. But it's kind of like RJ, you know, under pressure at the free throw line. You right. don't want that situation either. As much as you love him, you don't want that situation. You know what I'm saying? But I think Randall's dope. I think now that we have a legitimate point guard, I think it's going to be different. I think the, the Randall hate needs to stop. The dude is nice. He wants to be here. You know what I'm saying? I, I think, yo, I love watching him and his wife and his kid on the court. They look hyped. They look happy to be here. Yo, I feel really bad for him and his family and all the hate that they get and everybody wants him out of here like he's a piece of trash. He's not. The dude is nice, bro. I think we just needed another piece and we have it now. By the way, I'm glad that we didn't make the trade for Donovan Mitchell because, Jesus Christ, we would have we would have just destroyed our team that we have and yeah. love right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But for real, for real, Randall is dope, man. I, I think y'all sleeping on him. I think y'all forgot. Y'all must have forgot. He's <laughs> nice. And I... And I yeah, for real, for real. He's nice, and I think he's going to have a bounce-back year, and everyone is going to feel... Y'all, y'all going to feel foolish when y'all start saying things like, yeah, we were wrong, we need to keep him, he's our guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really do. Randall, yo, if you're listening, you might do it, bro. You might do it, Randall. <laughs> Randall Hive has <laughs> woke up. <laughs> Yeah, for real, for real. Yo, but much love to y'all all. I just wanted to show Ram with some love, and I really mean it from the bottom of my, of my heart. Yo, the dude is nice. Stop trying to get rid of him. He's too nice, bro. All right, yo, appreciate yeah, it. Have a good night. Appreciate the call, Mike. Was that a Julius Randall burner phone, bro? <laughs> There's not a burner. There's not a burner phone. Randall can't throw his voice. I don't know. Do we have technology yet that can do that? I don't think they have that. <laughs> Julius Randall, I know that was you, bro. I know That's that Mike. That's why I got in. Mike. He's called him before. Shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leave Mike alone. All right. But, yo, so I am a Nick fan first. If Randall turns it around, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. I'd be happy. Because Randall plays well, we all play well. And let, let's, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. If Randall plays to the level he was before, and we have Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett, now we're a completely different team. Now we're a completely different team. But I have to see Randall do that for myself. Do I expect Randall to play as bad as he did last season? God, I hope not. I don't think so. I don't think they play that bad. Will, will he be all-star level? I don't think he'll be all-star level either. I don't think he'll be the year before, but I don't think he'll be that bad like he was last season. And, and that's what I'm hoping for for next season. Um, If he can give us, if Randall can give us New Orleans Pelicans, Randall, I'll be good. You know what I mean? Like, just give us that Randall, kind of efficient. But you know, did, he kind of did his thing. Keep his head low. Don't don't you know, blow up your teammates. That's what I want to see from Randall. But for him to to do what he has to do, like in my eyes, he has to be willing to take a lesser role and let Jalen Brunson and and R.J. Barrett run the show. That's what I think has to happen for him to kind of settle. And I'm not sure if that's what he exactly wants to do. 
And I'm also not sure if Tom Thibodeau, if that's what Tom Thibodeau wants to do. I'm hoping Tom makes a shift. That's what I'm thinking. I, I do think it's unfair. Anytime you're talking about Joey, it's Randall. It's unfair to just criticize Randall on its own. You need to always attach the accountability of Tom Thibodeau that's into good. that True. as well. Because Thibodeau is not only his enabler, but is part of the reason why Randall wasn't able to, to meet the, the criteria and expectations of that 2021 season because of overplaying him. You know, like you mentioned earlier, giving him the ball in isolation situ- situation when the stats prove that's not the most viable option in the game scenarios. So to me, the, the Randall hate and Thibs hate go hand in hand. And I, I'm, in, I'm in terms, I'm in both of those camps. Yeah. Now I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Um, uh, salute to the chat. Hold on. I see the gunshots. I, I, I see the super chat, man. Shout out to Blue and Orange Tears who sends a 199 super chat. Says shout out to the GoJ Ellis and cool respect. Respect to you, my guy, Blue and Orange Tears. So shout out to you. All right. Um, Fritz, I know we have Fritz on the line. I don't know if anybody else wants to call or we can wrap up the show, but, um, Fritz, let us know, man, what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit on about Julius uh, Randall. I, I think he's going to have a much better year. Um, I think last year that first, first really, first really killed the ball movement completely. Uh, uh, Bert liked to stop the ball at the three point line. You could you could really hate Alfred Payton the year before, saying that he wasn't a great point guard, but Alfred Payton went to the rim if he let him. And Burke just is not that kind of point guard. I, I think the, the movement is going to be a lot better for Julius Randle. I think he's gotten a lot more criticism than he should have. Like, I, I think he acted like an absolute fool last year, but the mix of the organization made it much, much worse. So they, they, didn't, they didn't make him apologize. They didn't even put out some IG posts. Yeah. In New York as a, as a city, this isn't going to take that. <laughs> I think it was downhill from there. I think they just handled it wrong. It was him that even worse. Um, I think he's going to bounce back. We talked about Mitchell Robinson. I think Mr. Robinson was I think Cartenstein is going to put put that battery in his back, and I think he's going to have to accept that. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's going to. Yeah, I feel like the same way. I think Jalen Brunson can actually push RJ Barrett to get better. I think the same could be said about a Hartenstein. So, I kind of agree with you. He could put the battery in, in Mitch's back to expand his game and get better. I absolutely agree with you. All right. All right, shout out to the guy Fritz. Um, well, last shout out to the chat. Uh, shout out to Mets Knicks fan. Let's go. Says if we keep Randall, give Obi um another team to get him the minutes to play. Yeah, man. Like we have to. We. I do not want to move Obi, man. I do not want to move Obi. I do not need some other Franklin Kina situation. Um. Shoot, Cam Reddish situation where we just have these guys languishing on the bench and we don't get anything for them if we don't play them. We need to actually play these guys because 
Ross said it all the time. I can see Obi's camp asking to be out if he's not getting any minutes. Um, so we got to make a decision on that. Or we, Tibbs has to find a way of playing that. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. All right. Yeah. Triash Dem music says 20, 10, and 5 in a bad season. Yeah. I mean, ah, you can't just look at stat. Look, the stats are great, but what's between the ears? What's in the heart? Like, is he a leader or is he blowing up the team? You can't just look at stats. You have to look at stats plus wins plus impact of the team. Um, what is this plus minus? Is he had like our, that last year starting five had the lowest plus minus of any team in the NBA? Like it was bad. So if those 2010 and five stats good on paper, but with the eye test, you can say that it wasn't really working for this next team. All right. Uh, Jane Brunson makes the game easy for Randall. I hope so. I definitely hope so. All right. I'm ended there because I don't think we have any more any any more callers. That is our show, man. Thank you guys for calling in. We'll be back to talk about some some other players and give you our breakdowns and our thoughts. Um. Uh, so yeah, thanks for calling in, and you know, and also, yo, let me know y'all. Did y'all did you guys see the jerseys that just came out? Yes, I did. I saw all four jerseys. What was your? What are your thoughts on these jerseys, man? Because I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, me personally, like, I'm cool with them. Like, I don't really see an issue with it. Um, I do like the that black jersey. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's a city jersey or whatever they're calling it nowadays, but. The the black jersey, it's like they kind of throwing it back to that um that old Knicks black that old Knicks black jersey with the orange and blue to the sides, but they kind of like changed up a little bit with like the fade, right? Like like that fade effect. I do like that jersey, but I'm cool with the jerseys. Like I don't really have an issue with them. I don't, I'm just I'm not feeling it, man. I don't know. I gotta see it on the guys, but from what I'm seeing on it on, on the the gradient thingy, I'm still not really. Feeling it. That's just me. What do you guys think of the jerseys? I see somebody said it was why they're not feeling it either. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe I just don't know. I'm trying to pull the jerseys up if I see if I can find them. To let y'all know. But you know what? That that's our show. We could just rock wrap it up right here. Lee, let them know where they can find you, sir. Got some heat coming out post Santosin this week. Um, also on that dead spin blog as well. I'm gonna give a shout out for to uh pitch for Timmy. We've been going back and forth on that on that Mitch <laughs> Mitchell Robinson <laughs> chat, uh on what he should be doing offensively this season. But man, I, I love that fans, man. We always got an opinion and we would die for those opinions too. So shout out to the chat and to Fritz, MVP of the show. Yes, man. Fritz, best mind in the game. Our you already know Fritz MVP of the show for sure. All right. Ryan, if you guys notice, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan has moved to a, he's out of New York. He's now in Indiana. So he doesn't have his usual equipment. Doesn't have his KLT hat. I saw somebody say, <gasps> Ryan doesn't have his hat on. They was about to like break the screen. It's he, he, he's getting his ships. He's getting all that stuff. He's getting all that yeah. stuff. But Ryan, let know where yeah, you can find um, you, sir. Uh, you can find my Instagram at Sergi is chilling. Sergi is chilling. 
That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. Content is coming. You know, a brother had to build up furniture and organize his place. So I wasn't really, didn't really have the time to, you know, get that on and popping again. But yeah, you can also find me on Twitter, Ryan G-K-O-T. I still got the financial advisor thing going on if you need help with your finances. Okay. And, um, and yeah, my equipment is coming soon. I got to make another trip to New York City eventually to get my KOT hat, my equipment and all that other stuff, along with other things, too, because a brother ain't got no jacket here. Luckily, it's still warm. My brother <laughs> I need to go back to New York City and get that, too. But yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, man. You might see a new background for me, too. Yo, I'm looking to move. So I'm trying to do all this while trying to move and get ready to move and so it's been kind of hectic over here too and it's funny like jealous will you be in the summer yo i'll be trying to get everything that i i can't be i can't do a lot of side stuff during the season so what you guys don't realize is even though i do do some shows in the summer everything i can't do during the season i try to do in the summer (laughs) so that's like trying to do build out kot more in other areas that's advancing in some other part of my life all that's be happening in the summer but um, i'm trying to get all that done before the season starts as, as, as fast as possible but um you already know what it is you can find us on all social medias as you already know find us at the kot show on twitter the naked time show on instagram and the naked time show on facebook you also can listen to us on soundcloud itunes google play and Stitcher and Spotify if you want to hear us there. Also, get those KOT snapbacks in, in blue and orange and black and white at nicktomshow.com. And um, yeah, that that is it. That's all the information you need to know. And thank you guys for the super chat. Helps grow the channel, helps get you this new mic. The sound is sounding nice, the lights, all that is because you guys are helping support the channel. So thank you guys for helping us get bigger, better, and better. Uh, and this if you can't support that way, please hit the like button. Um, it helps the algorithm, algorithm it helps us uh go to the next level of KOTs so we can help grow this thing bigger and better. All right. That is our show and as always you already know what it is shut out the worldwide west everywhere we go we leave a worldwide mess it's a mess out here in these youtube streets that is our show we out of here peace